heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, we were predicting what's uh, happening right now for, well, better part of the year, actually, through the entire election season. We predicted, I mean, you heard all the warnings about what would happen if Biden became president and if they retained the House and if they took the Senate. And uh, we talked about it. We talked about it uh, at length of uh, how dangerous this uh, uh, these policies were and how radical uh, it, it was appearing, all of it. Uh, you know, in a lot of people, they were sort of in denial of that. They really didn't believe that, uh, like we were making stuff up, uh, like, you know, pushing it over the top and it really wasn't that bad and that, you know, Biden would just be another a good Democrat. And, uh, and now we see, we see the proof uh, of what has taken place here. Uh, radical is uh, putting it mildly. And this this exactly plays to the story of the frog in the pot, if there ever was one. I mean, what you're seeing right now in the first couple of weeks of this uh, administration, uh, as extreme as it is, is potentially just the opening bell. I mean, think about that. I mean, you don't think that they would start their administration with their most serious, sincere, and radical posture and possible. You typically work up to that. You don't just, you know, it's like, here's the shock. Not normally what happens. I mean, typically you, and so this should leave everybody concerned right now to see where they've started with. And, and, you know, the most ironic thing that I know it's not lost on you at all is this whole notion and this cheap talk of unity was just absolutely rubbish. And, you know, there should be a law against inaugural dresses that lie like hell. Uh, Really, there should be a law against it. You know, the one thing you got to say about Trump when you dial it back to uh, the 2016 race is he he pretty well told you what he was going to do and how he felt, uh, including at that inaugural address. And quite frankly, truth be told, that's probably what got him into trouble. Uh, with a whole lot of people is he was very transparent. You see, you kind of can't be that transparent really in politics. I mean, you, you really can't. You have to hide a good part of the agenda. I mean, isn't that the truth though? I mean, do we really want transparency? Do we really want all of that? Yeah, it's like you look back at Biden, you look through the whole election season as many times as he lied like hell. He told you the direct opposite of what he was going to do, or he said, no, I'm not going to do that. A time and time and time again. It's like the, the Green the Green New Deal and all of that and the climate stuff. He, he rebuked all of that. And the Unity Task Force, he signed with Bernie Sanders and all of that, that was supposed to be a watered down version of it all. You know, and yeah, no, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, no, we're not going to touch your energy. Yeah, coal is going to be just fine. You're going to be fine in West Virginia. Don't you worry about nothing, man. Yeah, we're going to, you know, everything we had worked for to become energy independent, you know, it's like, poof, <laughs> it's all gone in a puff of smoke. Like, uh, you know, it never happened really. And so now we see where we're at. And, you know, and I've been thinking about this Joe Biden White House and, you know, 
really what should make everybody nervous right now is who's actually running the agenda for the Biden White House. I mean, beside the cast of characters, you know, not, I'm not talking about the Jen Psaki, the press secretary and that sort of thing, or the John Kerry and the climate czar and all of this. It's not exactly, but who's really running this agenda? I mean, you know, typically when you have a president who is in charge, like, well, whether it was a Donald Trump or a George Bush or a Bill Clinton or a Barack Obama, they were in charge of their affairs and their agenda. And you, you knew that. You, you absolutely knew that. You knew where they stood. Whether you liked them or not, it's not the point. I mean, the policies. But you knew it was their agenda. It was their, it was their belief system. Their, their heart was in the game. Whatever it was. I mean, Obama, his heart was in the game. Hope and change. And, you know, he followed his, his heart of policies. You, you might not have liked them, but he, he followed through with what he said he was going to do. Pretty radical. Uh, and, and each president, Joe Biden, you kind of can't say that, people. You, you, you know, because... Not only is it all the things he hasn't promised, I mean, it's the direct opposite of what he said, but beside all of that, I'm talking about everybody knows across the playing field here that there's no way Biden is behind any of this. He doesn't have the conviction, number one, doesn't have the backbone. He's not a leader, really. Come on now, truthfully, he's not. I mean, I'm not trying to just ding the guy for whatever, because he is, but he's not. He's never been through his whole career. You know, when you think of leadership and you think of presidential, I mean, Joe Biden's not anywhere near the top of the list that would come to your uh, to your mind. The fact is, I, I would imagine he wouldn't be on the list at all. And that certainly goes for Democrats as well. I mean, I, which is, you know, another thing, uh, how he was the last man standing. And it's like this was the perfect setup. And I'd say the perfect storm because it is more of a storm, but it really was the perfect setup that you would get a guy like that who couldn't really pass go at any point and collect a damn thing. And you use COVID to lay all the rules down and change everything. Not only the way you run the campaign, but the entire election system across the board. Think about that, how sick this is. I mean, you couldn't have, this, you, you couldn't have, thought of this and really uh, dreamed that this would have happened. You, you could not have. I mean, there, there, nobody would have believed you. It's just so far out there. And so you got to think who's behind the radical agenda of Joe Biden. I mean, how, how far and how deep and how criminal does it go? I mean, how far overseas does it go? You know, and we can, you know, we hear the same cast of characters in the play is uh, whether it's China or uh, whether it's George Soros or whether it's what, you know, again, the or the smoky filled room I talked to you about the other day. You know, who the hell knows who's in that room at this point? But, you know, it's not Joe Biden. That's for sure. And he's got a lot of players around him and they've been building this. And, you know, when you think about how brilliantly they ran that campaign, the Biden cabal, his campaign itself, I mean, they were pretty talented. I mean, very, very talented to be able to pull any of that off and, you know, just keep it where he never really had to answer questions. And of course he couldn't have done it without a couple of things. He couldn't have done it without COVID and he could not have done it without the media support. Now those had to be in play without those two major factors, there's no way any of this happens, you see? Let alone that the rest of it has to go right. You, you see what I mean? So it, it really is, 
you know, by any stretch of the imagination, the, just the perfect, perfect storm and the perfect setup for him to become in there. So now we see how radical it all is, right? I mean, we see how extreme this is. And they're going right back to the things they said that they would never do. And it's on so many levels. I mean, it really is a, a Green New Deal or a New Green Deal or a, a, a Green Washover. I mean, it, it is all of that, but it's even more than that. I mean, they've got things in place. I mean, it's it's extensive what they're doing. I mean, they've got committees in place to do all kinds of things. You see, they've got committees in there to uh, test, uh, to explore, to research, to think through, <laughs> you know, what to do with the Supreme Court, whether that's something, you know, th this was a big conversation, remember, prior to the election. And you remember Biden never really answered that question, if you recall. Remember how many times he was asked about packing the court and he continued, and the media just totally gave him a pass and he totally deflected on all of it, right? I mean, totally deflection, the whole deal. Yet early in his career, he was dead set against it, spoke out about it many times as he's done many things here, you see? I mean, and so, you know, you think about that and you, you think about this Joe Biden and how radical the agenda is and who's really behind it. It's almost like, you almost get the feeling or the sense, at least I do, that our worst possible enemies are behind this agenda. People who want to screw us over, one over the cuckoo's nest three times over. Really, I mean, this is, this is going to be, you know, those are the kind of people I envision in that smoky filled room with cigars and bourbon, but certainly no mask. And I think these are the kinds of people I'm thinking that are, it's going to be our worst enemies and they're just sitting there and they're thinking, how else can we take this thing down? Let's see how extreme we can be. Let's let's and let's start it off with the most radical agenda we could possibly start it off with. And let's see if we get away with that, because that's the thing about, you know, the Democrats is they. They, they just keep pushing and pushing and, you know. They want more and more and more. And the right, of course, as I say to you, they always acquiesce to the let's, uh, yeah, uh, how you do, do, uh, do, do, uh, have a good day. Yeah, we'll take one for the team. You know, the bottom line is Democrats are far more serious than Republicans are. They're far more serious about their agenda, about their ideology, but they just are. They, uh, they are, think about it, people, how much more serious they are. And it's, it's incredible. You know, I've seen a, um, uh, it was actually a tweet, actually, uh, I think it was last week or so from uh, Richard Grinnell, uh, you know who he is, and uh, now he's out of a job, right? They, they're all out of jobs now, basically. Uh, yeah, they'll all be posturing for what's going to happen in the, in the midterm. But uh, at this point, if this thing continues on, the radical approach of what they're doing with all these committees and testing about bringing new states in and reshaping the courts and all these things are only getting the tip of the iceberg in. You don't really know anything yet. And again, you know, some people listen to this and say, oh, you're just fuming, you're ranting, Malcolm. None of this is going to come true. Yeah. I mean, just look six months ago, three months ago, you just said the same thing about the agenda, right? That, that he's doing right now that he's implementing. This guy signed more executive orders than the last what? The probably at the pace he's going, it's going to be it, it, the record will probably be more executive orders than every other president combined in the union is probably where we'll end up. I mean, he, this guy's he's on a record. There's no legislation happening whatsoever. 
no legislation whatsoever. This is all just, you know, a extreme radical agenda. It's all it is. And it's whatever he wants. And, you know, and the thing about executive orders is they can always be changed back in another administration, but people, they may prevent that from ever happening if they reshape, add states, reshape the course and all the things we talked about that we say, oh, you're just being dramatic, knock it off. We, uh, you're just being dramatic, Malcolm, just stop it. Really, that's what people said. You know, that was all a bunch of baloney. None of this was really going to happen, but it's happening, people. It's not dramatic at all. It's radical is what it is. So Grinnell, I seen this tweet he puts out and, and it really grabbed me and not in a good way. He says this, we must congratulate the new American president at Joe Biden because we love America. We want him to succeed in making our great country stronger. And we must not do what the other side did to us for four years, gratuitously and recklessly be against everything he does. Yeah, signed off, Rich Grinnell. That's his tweet. Now, what's wrong with that tweet, people? What's wrong with that message coming from a Grinnell? Supposed to be a patriot, right? right? Supposed to be a conservative. People love him. See, right away, what the Republicans do so they want to make it easy for the radical. I, I mean, I totally disagree with that message. You know, they want to make it easy for Biden. You know, let's not just gratuitously and recklessly be against everything he does. The radical agenda, that is. Let's not do what they did to Trump. I mean, let's make it easier for him. Come on, people, be, be, be American, be a patriot. Turn this country into a, a Marxist utopia. Come on, do take one for the team. You know, this is the kind of message you get from people like this. I mean, and, the, and they're all they're littered throughout the Republican Party. It, most of these Republicans have no spine whatsoever, you know. And then, you know, there's all this talk about And, and I, I want to say a few things about this Republican Party and whether it gets replaced or not, because there's a lot of talk about that and Patriot Party or no Patriot Party. And what is Trump saying and how does he weigh in? We'll get back to all of that later. I want to stay on a different path here right now, but remind me to get back to that. This, you know, AKA Patriot Party and what's the future of the GOP, right? And the brand of Republicans. But isn't that the case, that message that Grinnell puts out there, so in your face and so wrong? It's, it's totally wrong on every level. I mean, the Republicans should have a backbone and make it as difficult as possible. In fact, they should go the extra mile and be extreme to stop Biden in every way, shape and form they can. They should politicize the entire program, weaponize the courts, stop them at every pass and corner as possible. 100% agree with them on nothing. That's what I would say. And you're worried about not doing what they did to Trump? I'd say double it up and do back everything you can. And, you know, it, yeah, I mean, just keep trying to impeach him. Uh, Biden, I'm talking about. Of course, we talked about Trump as well the other day. I think that's just a badge of honor at this point for Trump uh, because they just, that was their whole plan from day one is just to get him out of there. But, it, you know, and that was okay with Trump. But now with Biden, it's, well, let's not do what they did. Let's work with them. Let's sort of get along and, you know, let's let's not give them back their own medicine. This is really the problem with the GOP and the Republicans is, you know, the old saying, you know, you remember 
learning as a kid is, uh, you know, there, there are times in your life where you have to fight fire with fire. You, you, have, to, you have to be ready to, for the storm and you've got to hit back with great force. Now, when somebody's coming at you like this Biden administration and the ideas and the radical uh, extent of them, people should scare the hell out of you. They are totally reshaping this country. And we're talking about a loss of jobs. You know, this is the direct opposite of where Trump was. I mean, Trump was all about building jobs and unleashing energy and making his energy independent and everything that was pro-American. This administration, this is everything that's anti-American, everything that is globalist in nature, everything that is now going to make us energy starved again will now be dependent on all your energy your gas is going up you're you're going to pay twice as much i i would predict uh i mean it could go further than that with the way he's going i mean if these policies continue on and this all happens and the money he spends on green and cutting back our energy uh, footprint i got news for you people you're we're none, none of us are going to be able to afford to drive we'll all be taking the bus because, and I'm not sure what they'll do. Well, that, that'll have to skyrocket as well because the price of, uh, of energy and a, a gallon of gas is, I, be, I believe it's going to be off the roof. I mean, right now they're talking about things that just are not sustainable. I mean, you can't do wind, solar, or uh, uh, panels of a sort to get us by. It's not going to happen. You want to, you know, spend some money in R&D in that stuff and prepare for the future. Terrific. But this whole notion of we're behind and the planet's dying and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have a lot more on that in the days ahead, I promise, with experts in this field on this whole climate change business, which we've covered pretty extensively here on the network. But let me tell you, the game of covering that is, <laughs> I mean, you might as well forget everything we talked about before, because we got to start all over again here now and ramp the conversation up, uh, you know, times 10. I mean, because it's, uh, we're, we're going to need to make people aware. And the sacrifice that they're asking Americans to put up with and deal with is it, nobody's going to want this. Nobody is going to want this sort of belt tightening. Nobody is going to want to make this sort of investment every American is going to have to make. I mean, I'm talking about a personal investment that will be, it'll be a, a per person now. I mean, I see experts that are saying it's about $1,500 per person per year. Others say it'd probably be more than that by the time they're done. But rest assured, everyone's got to pay the bill on this thing, you see. And that's so this is all going to come with a heavy price, including, you know, I just want to see the look on the faces of the people who were rah, 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 Biden. He's our man. You can do it. He can do it. Nobody can. Right, Biden, Biden, he's our man. You know that's going to happen, right? I mean, that's that's where they're going. So, you know, we, we shall see now. But, the, you know, we're, we're on a um, collision course here for some things that I'm not uh, uh, really uh, very comfortable with at all. In fact, I'm, I'm scared to hell about what's going to happen next, you know. But the Democrats are far more serious uh, than the Republicans. And uh, I've said to you repeatedly for years now, the Republicans acquiesce and right away you see a Grinnell come out with that sort of thing. It's exactly what they do. And you're going to see all the political, uh, the operatives do it and the politicians, they'll all be doing that. We'll work with Biden. Just like they're 
working overtime to approve all of his cabinet and get them through while they're trying to impeach Trump on the, with the rest of the hours, which, of course, is a joke. None of that's happening. We already know where the Republican senators are on that. Uh, but, you know, but that's the, you know, and yet they didn't give any of that benefit to Trump. They stood in the way and tried to block every cabinet position. He had positions opening for the longest time. He had, uh, he had other things happening for the longest time, right? None of that, none of that was smooth. You know, again, they fought him on air. They, you know, it's remarkable when you think of what the Trump years could have been had the, had the Democrat party, I would have said the left, but you can't even, because the left, they're cuckoo, they're cocoa for cocoa nuts, you know, is what they are. But had they done, had we come together as Americans, maybe that's a better way to say it. We probably would have, well, we definitely would have accomplished unbelievable thing, especially under a Trump, because he, that kind of a uh, CEO mentality, he's a doer. He's, he's just a doer. He's the kind of guy, you know, I know the kind, I mean, we, you, you probably know it as well. Work walks into a boardroom and, you know, it's just, okay. I mean, that's what it is. That's the way I am. You get the agenda. Okay. Let's go come down the list and a bing and a bit. That's why he, he multitasked at a level you'd never seen before. We're doing everything he could for the American people, you know? So, it is remarkable that you, you have to scratch your head and you think, you know, how many millions of Americans, we really don't know how many millions of, of Americans legitimately voted for this guy. Some people say it could be as low as 60, 65 million. Of course, they have it registered well over 80 million between what it changes every day now. I think they're still counting votes in Zimbabwe that came in or something, you know, but, you know. That's the thing is I, we really don't know how many votes legitimately he got. So that's another story, which reminds me, I want to play. Uh, so listen, I don't know if you caught this last weekend. It was a really fascinating dialogue. I, mean, I really enjoyed this. And of course, I caught it on video because I don't watch mainstream news. I don't watch any news. It's all horrible garbage. Uh, but this was on ABC, uh, George uh, Stephanopoulos there. And uh, George, you know, the Democrat operative who runs the ABC this week. Of course, he was part of the, the, the Clinton uh, administration. And everybody knows George and uh, doesn't hide it. And, you know, you got to at least admit with George. You kind of know who George is. He doesn't really try to hide that. If he's a far left liberal, he puts it out there. And he's willing to, you know, be, you know hide the agenda or play favorites or do whatever he has to do. Again, this is how Democrats are. They're far more serious about what they want to accomplish than Republicans. It's that simple. And George fits into that category for sure. So he had a sit-down interview with Senator Rand Paul, the Republican out of Kentucky, which I thought was killer. I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed Rand Paul in this when I watched the video back on this thing. And it was like spliced it up into a couple of pieces for you. If you didn't hear it, you got to definitely hear it. And if you did hear it, let me remind you how good this was and how much uh, Rand Paul, the senator, pushed back on Stephanopoulos here. So let me play this now. And I want, I want you to listen to the interchange with George Stephanopoulos and Senator Rand Paul. And we'll talk on the other side here. Uh, senator Paul, let me begin with a threshold question for you. Uh, this election was not stolen. Do you accept that fact? Well, what I would say is that the debate over whether or not there was fraud should occur. We never had any presentation in court where we actually looked at the evidence. Most of the cases were thrown out uh, for lack of standing, which is a procedural way of not actually hearing the question. 
there were several states in which the law was changed by the Secretary of State and not the state legislature. To me, those are clearly unconstitutional. And I think there's, a, there's still a chance that those actually do finally work their way up to the Supreme Court. Courts traditionally and historically don't like to hear election questions. But yes, were there people who voted twice? Were there dead people who voted? Were there illegal aliens who voted? Yes, and we should get to the bottom of it. I'll give you an example. In my state, when we had a Democrat Secretary of State, she refused, even under federal order, to purge the rolls of illegal voters. We got a Republican Secretary of State, and he purged the rolls. But, Senator so Paul, I have to, a difference, I, and those things I, I have, have to, to stop occur. you there. there no, no, no election is perfect, but there, there were 86 challenges filed by President Trump and his allies in court, all were dismissed. What I would suggest is that if we want greater confidence in our elections, and 75% of Republicans agree with me, is that we do need to look at inte election integrity, and we do need to see if we can uh, restore confidence in the elections. Well, 75% of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say well, I think where President you make, Biden I think, won a I think legitimate where you make a mistake in, uh, Hey, George, 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 where you make a mistake is that people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, I Senator, I said what the president said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This the results were certified in every you're single was, state you're saying, after counts saying, and recounts. You're saying that absolutely it was, you're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. That's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no evidence. Let, let, me, let finish. me finish my point. No, you say you said something lie. that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. Premise that you're right and we're wrong. Well, let, no. Well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic, and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here, and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country you know, kept saying, well, there's no widespread evidence of fraud. Can't you say, can't you, can't you just say this election was not stolen? I mean, that was the message from Stephanopoulos. I mean, can't you just say that, Senator Paul? Because it's a simple thing. And you see, that's where, and this is where the left, again, even as an operative, as a, as a he's not a journalist, clearly. We'll talk about that in a moment with uh, uh, Stephanopoulos. But but he's an operative. He's a Democrat operative. I mean, he could he definitely could be in the Biden campaign, uh, the administration, the Biden administration. I mean, you know that. I mean, he's been there before. He could definitely be. He could be anything in there that they want him to be. So that's who he is. And, you know, this is where these mainstream news media this should be a concern to everybody, where ABC comes from, NBC, CBS and all of the channels all the way across the board, every damn one of them. They're all the same. That's all they have in there now as operatives. That's all you've got. You have no more journalists. You have no more truth tellers, you, you, which is another big point. We'll talk about that in a moment that Paul had bought out and talked about. But, you know, this whole thing about the evidence, 
And, you know, and it, what bothers me more than anything about this is that I don't want the perception to be that, you know, we're poor losers. And, and, I, and let me make that really clear. If, if Biden won this thing legitimately, right? I mean, for real people, I mean, th this is really the way this works. If, if Biden won that legitimately, then that's the might and the, the, the wish and the will, the will of the American people. I accept that. I, I may not like it and I won't like it, but I accept that. I mean, if that's, I mean, I, I, I don't want a fraudulent election, but I stretch. I mean, the people's voice should be heard. If he legitimately got that 80, 85 million, terrific, then he's the man. And, and, you know, and the radical position, yeah, I mean, the country will have to put its belt on tight. It's going to have to suck it up and we'll see what happens. And, you know, whether or not they come back another day, I, I don't know. I know a lot of people are saying it won't happen again. I, you know, I can't predict that right now. There's too many unknowns. We don't know what's going to happen with the courts, we, the, the packing business. We don't know what's going to happen with that in more states. We don't know what's going to happen. They Well, we, we hope with the filibuster, there's not enough to get through. But you never know with these people. You never no. I mean, they are so devious. And as I said to you up front, they're far more serious people than the Republicans are in the way they govern and in the power they seek. And that's why you've got what you're paying the price for right now. I mean, when you think about how effective and solid Donald Trump's policies were for this country, and you see the people, it, it really, it the, the, the people it uh, impacted uh, across many, many ethnic backgrounds and spectrums of all kinds of races and gender and uh, the uh, economic uh, uh, ability of the, it, it, it crossed the, you know, all sort of factors is, um, uh, was the success of Trump. I mean, it just impacted uh, real Americans. I mean, and, and uh, now you're seeing uh, policies that are entirely radical that will only benefit the elites. There is no other purpose to throw these kinds of trillions of dollars in to any climate fiasco unless you're trying to build wealth and build. That's what they're doing. And it's the elites. It is the it's the appetizer and the entry into a um, uh, a, a, a socialist uh, utopia and a communist utopia. And that seems to be where they're taking America and they seem to be very serious about it. So it's not a game for those people who are in denial or pinching themselves or thinking it's so radical it'll never happen here. A lot of people really believe that. They believe that America will always, like it has nine lives, it's always gonna land on its feet, you know? And I just think we can't take that uh, for, for granted any further. And you certainly can't now that you see what's happening, which is why you're seeing a lot of kickback from a lot of the left. Certainly a lot of the moderates and independents are about having a heart attack right now. And many of them are probably going to pass out and need oxygen very soon as this agenda keeps going. Now, it doesn't do us a lot of good on the right to sit there and say, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, because that isn't going to get us anywhere either, is it now? But we've got to pull these people in to a bigger tent here. And this is where we've got to talk a little bit more ahead here about the Republican Party and the future of that or not. Rand Paul's point on that whole piece you just heard there was, listen, just, you know, let's get the evidence to be heard. And, and I love the way he said they were, you know, he uh, talked about the problems, but he said he's not going to rest 
until he's got, he said here, uh, there were a lot of problems and there were secretaries of states who illegally changed the law, need to be fixed. And I'm going to work harder to fix it. And I will not be cowed by people saying, oh, you're a liar. Listen, I want to talk to you a moment here and just do some business with you and talk to you about Healthy Cell. Uh, HealthyCell.com. You've heard you've heard the uh, commercials. You've heard the ads and the messaging on the platform here, probably for a good couple of years. I really believe in this company. I believe in the product is what I believe in. Uh, this is far outreaches any vitamin you ever imagined or you would take in your life. Uh, it comes in gel or pill, but it's it's an amazing product because it gets to the the health of your cells. See how we age and how we feel. It, in layman's terms, I can speak to you about this uh, because I'm a layman when it comes to this sort of thing. I'm certainly not an expert. But it, it really comes, and it makes sense. As I studied and read this back over the last couple of years, it's the health of your cells. If your cells are healthy, you have a better shot of being fit, uh, uh, extending years, your lifetime, uh, and also be in a better position if you ever get hit with a flu or a COVID or whatever. I mean, because your immune system is in better shape. Does that make sense? It sure does. You got to have a good immune system. You got to stay healthy. And then you have a shot at whatever's coming your way. And I think this is important. I'm really big about lifestyle in my life. As you know, you hear me say, I walk every day. I get out. I want to, I, you know, I want to see the sky. I want to see the trees. And I want to walk four or five miles. Uh, it's all about lifestyle today. Uh, if we're going to have a shot at this thing. So I want to recommend you go to HealthyCell.com. All of our listeners get 20% off that first order. And you can use the code out loud or just click the banner you'll find at americaoutloud.com. You'll see it on the sidebar or on the front page, and it'll drop you right in to their page or their site or whatever. And I think there's a pitch for me that comes up and it gives you the code of the 20% off once it identifies that you're one of our listeners. Only our listeners get that discount. So take advantage of it. And take a look at their products. They comes in gel form or pill form, and it's amazing. And I've been taking it now for the past, oh, couple, two and a half years. And it truly is remarkable, the product. Uh, very beneficial. It gives you a lot of energy as well. It helps you better to sleep better at night. And God knows we need that, people, with all the fires we're dealing with today and all of this uh, depressing news coming down the pike here. So, again, HealthyCell.com uh, forward slash out loud or use the out loud code or click the banner at AmericaOutloud.com. We'll pause and see you on the other side of the break here. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. 
visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Hail my fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, You were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list. And they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. how serious the Democrats are, uh, far more serious than Republicans are in the way they, certainly in their commitments and their ideology and their belief, but in the way they govern. And then the way they don't compromise as well, and the way, and they never compromise with Trump. It was their way or the highway, or they're taking their toys and they're gonna fight him every step of the way. And not only were they trying to fight him on policies, effective policies, by the way, for the American people, but they were trying to handicap and cripple the president uh, beyond his policies, the man himself, just so he was uh, incapable as best as they could to be, well, a distracted. I mean, remarkable, the man could multitask at the level he could when they threw everything and the kitchen sink at him, trying to, you know, bang him up every shot they could. Uh, It's pretty sick, people. I mean, pretty, pretty sick. I mean, history is going to, look at this thing in a very unique way. But listen, right now with the Biden radical agenda, history, this kind of plays into Trump where we went very pro-American and took care of our own goods and our own people and really built prosperity for many here, right? That's all going to change now. And that Biden is kind of hooked to what's happened with Trump. It's going to be the direct opposite and the reflection of that now. And Also combined with the way the election season was, the campaign I'm talking about, and the most controversial, uh, you know, complicated election system of our lifetimes in any lifetime. It's never happened in our nation's history where you were able to, however you did it, however you did it, hijack an entire election uh, based on a virus, a flu. Okay. I mean, that's remarkable. That's historical in itself. That's one for the record books, you see. And for that, they should be complimented, the left. They should be complimented, uh, not only for being more serious, but being very clever in how they play the game. Think about it in those terms. And uh, it is remarkable, people. There's a lot more, lot more history to write here in these next many months. I'm curious to see what happens. And again, let me just say for the record again, in case you didn't hear me before, as all that evidence, if we can ever get that evidence out into the light of day, whatever it is, and really have a proper public hearing on it, okay? It's all we all need. It, and this would be, again, through the state legislators, you know, uh, uh, 
and you know, there's probably not a lot of hope for this to happen, obviously, but they would have to bring it up and fight this. And, and we've talked about it plenty. And most, most of those state legislators were run by the GOP, but again, they're not serious people. They, they had every chance as well as Pence, the vice president had every chance to, to rebuke this whole thing and jump up and down and bitch and complain. Now, you know, if this was the Democrats, their hair would have been on fire, right or wrong. I mean, they right. Of course I'm right. They, they would have never, never, you, you, if the Republicans try, if, if again, if it happened, I, I want to try to keep, keep this sincere and not come across as a, a, a mental case or some extreme partisan. So I, it's not really my agenda. My agenda is the truth. I'm, I'm comfortable with the truth and the truth is fine. And if this country is going radical communist, terrific. Well then, no, it's not terrific, but I'm moving the hell out at that point because I don't want to live in a communist country. And, I, and I'm not talking like one of those Hollywood celebs that say they don't get their own way at a particular election they're leaving. No, I'm talking about a complete U-turn in the uh, American agenda. Uh, that's what I'm talking about here. That takes us to a communist utopia. I want no part of that. No part of it at all. That is not a country I will recognize, represent, be patriotic, st stand for the flag or any of that. In fact, that might be a day if it goes there and God love, I pray to God almighty and hope and cross my heart and to die that that never happens. But if it does, that's a day that you probably would see me uh, kneel for the flag or piss all over it at that point. Uh, if it becomes a Marxist communist nation, wouldn't that be ironic? Wouldn't that be funny if patriots now, wouldn't it be sad? Wouldn't it be disgusting? But wouldn't it be unique? Wouldn't it be horrific? I don't know what the hell it would be, but it sounds like a nightmare. But can you just imagine if the whole deck being flipped now and they're successful in making us into a, a Marxist utopia and then patriots were, we were now kneeling for the flag and disrespecting the whole thing because we didn't like this America anymore, this America with a K. Isn't that kind of weird? But it makes you think though, doesn't it? it? Sure does me. I mean, if that's where they're headed, is that's not an America we want, we love, or we're gonna celebrate or embrace. That's not a sense of patriotism. That's not at all that. I mean, there could be a silver lining in all of this. As an optimist, I just put that out there, not as a fairy tale now, I'm not giving you a fairy tale, but there could be. It could legitimately be a silver lining if, and sometimes you have to step back in life and you have to feel the pain, not feel the burn as they'd say, but really feel the pain before you can step forward. I mean, and that happens sometimes. You, you do that in your personal life many times growing up. You know that. So it just happens. And that, that could, this could be one of those times, very possibly, very, very potentially. So anyways, I want to I want to fin finish this piece now, uh, because it, now the the uh, the real brilliance, I thought, of Senator Rand Paul, it actually is in this next piece. It's much shorter. It's only, I think, less than two minutes or so. But I want you to hear this. This was the last, uh, the, um, last uh, part of that interview. And it really gets more into where Paul was calling out Stephanopoulos. I, I really enjoyed this one. That's the, reason, the only reason I broke this into two segments and wanted to share it with you. Whether you heard it or not, you really need to hear it or hear it a couple of times because Paul did a hell of a job. Let me play this next just couple of minutes here of this other piece here and listen to the points that Senator Rand Paul makes, please. And when he talks about this whole thing about uh, journalistic integrity, 
What a novel idea. Here it is. It, there's, there's no widespread evidence of election fraud that overturned the results. That was stated as well by the Department of Justice, led by President Trump's attorney general. In Wisconsin, there were counts and recounts. Well, actually, it was the never studied. That, even that's certified. not true. Even that's not true. Even William that's Barr not said true. That Barr said that But there was, yes, he said that, yes. That was a pronouncement. There has been no examination, thorough examination of all the states to see what problems we had and see if they could fix them. Now, let me say, to be clear, I voted to certify the state electors because I think it would be wrong for Congress to overturn that. But at the same time, I'm not willing just to sit here and say, oh, everybody on the Republican side is a liar and there is no fraud. No, there were lots of problems and there were secretaries of state who illegally changed the law and that needs to be fixed. And I'm going to work hard to fix it. And I won't be cowed by people saying, oh, you're a liar. That's the problem with the media today is they say all Republicans are liars and everything we say is a lie. There are two sides to every story. Interview somebody on the other side, but don't insert yourself into the story to say we're all liars because we Sir, think there's some fraud there, in the there, election. There are, not, there, are not two, there are not two sides to the story. This has been looked at in every single state. The election oh, sure there are. certified there are in every single state. There are two sides to every story. State. George, you're forgetting who you are. You're forgetting who you are as a journalist. If you think there's only one side, you're inserting yourself into the story to say, I'm a liar because I want to look at election fraud and I want to look at secretaries of state who illegally change the voter laws without the permission of their state legislatures. That is incontrovertible. It happened. And you can't just sweep that under the rug and say, oh, nothing to see here. And everybody's a liar. And you're a fool if you bring this up. You're inserting yourself into the story. A journalist I'm, would hear both sides, and there are two sides to this story. I'm, sta I'm standing by facts. There are not two sides to facts. I did not say there, that this was a perfect election. I said it was. the results were certified. I said it was not stolen. It is You're a lie to say it is You're saying people are liars. You're saying people are liars if they want to investigate what happened in the election. Should That's we not investigate what I said. the fact that tens of thousands of absentee ballots did not have addresses on them and normally were disqualified, but this time they were counted? Should we examine that? I don't know whether it affected the election or not, but I have an open mind. And if we actually examine this, we find out it didn't, that's fine, but it still should be fixed. Well, the senator points out that, again, there are two sides to the story. But when you are a, uh, again, you can't call him a journalist. When you're an operative like this, there are not two sides to the story. And Stephanopoulos made that clear. He said, no, there's not two sides to the story. There's just my side of the story. Appreciate the way the senator really pushed back on uh, Stephanopoulos and, pull, and really calling out the world of journalism, because this is really the biggest problem we have. It's, it's why everything is in dire straits right now. It's why this radical agenda is being implemented. It's why Biden's at the White House. It's why you're about ready to uh, see the country you love be destroyed. It's because of the fourth estate. I mean, none of this would have happened had the media held true. None of these, none of these wild dreams of these Marxists could have happened if the media elites and big tech had held their ground and stayed true to their principles. We would not be dealing with what we're dealing with right now. And then the Democrats, no matter how serious they were, would have never been able to pull all this off, you see. But none of that happened. And they, they became partners. And we've been talking about that partnership with the media and the Democrat Party for some years now, well before this whole Biden campaign. You know, and I don't think anybody, and when we say this, you know, he's in the White House, I don't think anybody in their right mind thought, you know, dial this back a year from now. Nobody in their right mind thought Joe Biden would beat the president. Nobody thought in their right mind that Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump. Nobody, even the left didn't think that. 
So think think about that a moment. Nobody, nobody could have seen this coming. They didn't. The only thing they've seen coming is their grand plan. And that's where, again, after the 2016 campaign, you had big tech and big media. They said right then, right after that campaign, and when Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump, they said it will never happen again. They, they, took, uh, they took personal responsibility for it. They found fault with themselves. And that's the one time they blamed themselves, big media and big tech. They did it right there after the Hillary Clinton, uh, Donald Trump campaign of uh, 2016. They did. And, and they said, will never happen again. And you go back and watch some of those videos. Uh, you see some of the statements that came out. And, and a lot of that, they didn't want to see the light of day, but it happened because they were released uh, from whistleblowers and that kind of thing. And we ended up seeing them and we seen the message and, and you could tell with their mannerisms and the way they dealt with things as well, what they were thinking and all of that happened. And then they went to work to make absolutely sure. So, you know, think about it this. So when you say, well, what really happened in the 2020 election? Well, a couple of things happened right after 2016, the Democrat party and the, the Democrat operatives went to work to see how they could, uh, you know, throw as much garbage and ding up Donald Trump as they could with all of these scandals and all these lies and all this BS for those uh, three and a half, four years. And they went to work very busy. And Nancy Pelosi, I mean, you know, she's going to go down in history. Pretty, pretty brilliant speaker, you know, pr pretty effective, you know, N not as a speaker, not as a not as a uh, 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 policymaker. I'm not talking about that. You know what I'm talking about here. You know, you don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. I don't find any joy in saying what I just said. But, you know, she should probably win an award. She's raised more money as the top Democrat there. And she's totally stole this whole thing. And she was able to tie Trump up as much as she could. The lady is pretty brilliant. Now, you could call her a lot of other adjectives. And I could as well, which I'm going to refrain from doing right now. Okay. What I just said is factual. Now, there are a lot of us don't like it. We don't like her. We don't like her policies and don't like what she stands for and don't like the way she operates and don't like a lot of things about her, for sure. But the truth is the truth, isn't it now? And through truth hurts as well. But she's been very, uh, very sharp uh, with her weapons there and how she's utilized them and how she's utilized the media. Pretty, pretty, um, pretty remarkable people. Pretty remarkable. Again, we'd been, we'd be on a different direction right now if certain things had happened differently. If Nancy Pelosi wasn't empowered, and if she didn't get the gavel, a lot of things would have changed differently. But it didn't. Hindsight is terrific, and regrets are as well. But it is what it is, and we can't live in the rearview mirror. We can't live in the past. We got to live in the future. We got to live for today. Number one and then live to work toward tomorrow. But we've got to live in the present, not in the past, and really not too far in the future either. Got a plan for that, but it's really about living in the present. That's what we got to do right now. And so the present is we've been, we've been dealt a, a deck of cards, a smelly deck of cards right now that none of us are happy with or like, but that's what we've got to deal with. And so you look at all of this right now and, and um, you know, the seriousness of the Democrats and what they're trying to accomplish and what they're doing and the radical agenda we're seeing out of the gate. And it should really scare everybody to the to a level that uh, is um, 
to, beyond anything else that we would have been, uh, you know, uh, a little worried about, uh, passively concerned, uh, you know, there, there's no art of compromise here. How do you compromise? Back to Cornell's tweet. How do you compromise on something like this? You can't compromise. There, you, how, what is it? Less radical we're going to make it? So we'll go, ha you know, that's and really is what we're talking. I mean, the, the thing about Biden and his administration right now is everything, all roads uh, lead into uh, climate and bankrupting our nation once and for all. This is this is the fork that is going to be put into all of it right now. There's no way people we're going to we're going to suffer badly. And I, I don't know. We're going to struggle, suffer. I don't, I don't know how we ever come back from because we're now going well over 30 trillion now. This next stimulus relief thing they're doing, we're well over 30 trillion, and they're going to be spending like drunken sailors now. And and they're going to raise taxes and regulations. That's happening right now. Your gas is going to go up. You're going to have an you're going to have an economic collapse. In fact, I'll predict it right here. And I'm not an economist, but I'm going to be brazen enough. I've almost said something else, but uh, I'll stay with brazen. I'm going to be brazen enough to say to you that we are in, you know, my, my, I have a lot of economists on here and we talk about them and, but you know what, we're going to have an economic collapse ahead. I'm an optimist. I'm not an economist, but I'm going to make the prediction. We're going to have an economic collapse here to the likes of what you haven't seen before. It's coming. It's coming now. It's coming. Headed our way people. And that's, that's the sad reality of this moment and what we're faced with uh, and how radical this all is. So the bottom line is back to that evidence or whatever have you, listen, I have said repeatedly, and I've also said this with others on our platform. You've heard me talk about this with Ilana Friedman, Michael Johns. You've heard me discuss this with others on our platform about the fact that the truth shall prevail. The truth must prevail. Again, I don't think I don't think the Trump administration, I don't think the president did a good job with legal representation. I don't think Rudy Giuliani and the uh, ragtag army or whoever they were, and I'll leave it at that so I can still remain a gentleman, okay? I don't think they were up to the challenge of what needed to be done in all frankness here, okay? And I think there are a lot of conspiracies out there and a lot of Republicans are running around with their head in the sand and the balance of the rest of them are running around with their head up their ass. So between the two, we're in a heap of trouble and we didn't have proper legal representation. All of that should come out. Listen, the truth is the truth. It should always prevail and see the light of day. That should happen here. And if that truth comes out and it showed a different result, then the powers of those levers and the giant sucking sound from Washington should turn back and should recycle back. And that means you need to have a landmark moment in our country and a special election for the presidency and a, and a different inauguration of whatever the hell it looks like. I'm not talking to you as a Trump fan here or a Republican fan or a whatever, because listen, I'm a patriot. I'm a conservative. That's what I am first. And I'm a lover of our country and our constitution. That's what I'm at first and foremost. That's what I stand for right there. And anything that can help get us there, count me in. It's that simple. It's that simple, my fellow Americans, count me in. The rest of it is nothing but rubbish and garbage. So I hope this makes sense to you. But I think there's a few things here to be concerned with. We need to get Republicans to be as serious and not listen to comments like Rick G Grinnell that puts out there. 
that that let me read that again to you. This is what a lot of Republicans are thinking right now. And a lot of your senators and congressmen are thinking the same way as Grinnell, by the way. A lot of them, yeah, let's get his cabinet approved right. The Lindsey Grahams of the world. Yeah, let's get his cabinet approved right away. Yeah, let's work with them and help them out. Yeah, let's 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 help them take our asses down. Yeah, let, let's help them with their radical agenda. Just like you think they helped us out with our pro-American agenda. Right? Right? Right. The truth hurts, doesn't it? But his tweet here, you know, we must congratulate the new American president, you know, Joe Biden. Yeah, we'll congratulate him for, yeah, for all the things that I pointed out to you moments ago here. <laughs> because we love America, sure. But what kind of an America, Rick, do you want here, right? The, the Marxist uh, America? Sure, that's where they're headed. We want him to succeed. No, I don't want him to succeed. That's that's not correct. I, see, I disagree with every part of this tweet, by the way, every single part of this tweet in making our great country stronger. But he's not. I mean, how can you release a tweet like this? Look at his radical agenda. We must not do what the other side did to us. Baloney. We should do it and double down, do twice as much back. You know, gratuitously and recklessly and be against everything he does. We should absolutely be against it because it's not pro-America. It's not pro-Constitution. It's not pro-Patriot. It's not pro-anything we stand for. Well, listen, I, I, I think it's important to say all this. I think it's important to call the obvious. The kinds of conversations we're having right now are not, not pleasant. They don't give you the warm and fuzzy. But the truth hurts. I never said it was going to make us feel good. But it's got to be said, people. I'm giving you the cold, hard truth. I don't enjoy any of this. It sucks. And that's not what I stand for the flag. And it's not what I salute. It's not what I celebrate. It's not what I live for. It's not what I die for, people. It's not at all that America. My America is with a C. It's not with a K. America with a K and where they're going, I will not stand for that flag. I will not be part of that utopia. You can keep it. That's the message, people. Uh, we continue. We need you to get get involved here. We need you to get involved, uh, really, to the program here at America Out Loud. That's what we need more than anything, my fellow Americans. Get involved. Please push the stories out there. I'm not doing this for my health, although some of it could be my health, but that's not the main reason. I'm doing it for the uh, salvation of our nation and for you and your family and your grandkids, and that's why I do this, and your children and your life and for all of our people, all 330 million Americans, minus the Marxist communists, which uh, we're certainly not doing it for them, are we now, right? We need to get get you involved here. We need, we need your help to get the message out of what we're doing here on The Voice of a Nation, what we're doing back at America Out Loud, the stories, the podcast. Please do your part. Don't just talk. Talk is cheap. Help me do the hard work, the heavy lifting. Okay, that's, that's, that's what's got to be done here. Thank you again, my fellow Americans, for being on the journey. It's time to get involved and get loud.